The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Have you ever wondered how to say good morning in Italian? Or what is goodbye in French? You can ask Alexa. Just say, what is happy birthday in German? Or how do you say hello in Japanese? Do you want to know how to say I love you in Spanish? Ask Alexa and start learning a new language today. Hello and welcome to Baseball Barbacast, the only baseball podcast in the world. That's this just in Verlander. I'm Jake Mintz. That's Jordan Schusterman. We are here in the lobby of the winter meetings, the Manchester Grand in San Diego, California. And like I said, this just in Verlander. This just in Jake. We are here. The Manchester Grand Hyatt. I've got to give him credit for, for setting up this wonderful uh, event. And my goodness, Jake, we are here in the lobby and it only took uh, what? Two hours uh, into the first official day of the winter meetings to get Justin Verlander signing with the New York Mets, the New York baseball Mets, uh, as they call them. And we're going to start there, obviously, because that is a huge transaction. But also, I mean, wow, a lot has already happened just in terms of what we've seen here at the winter meetings. We are like we have real headsets on. We've got this real banner with our, our lovely logo behind us. Like I'm I really feel so almost unbelievably official right now. It is a little unsettling, but also very exciting. I feel professional. Mm -hmm. I feel like someone should save the baseball <laughs> from today. Yeah, it's my first hit. It's like, hey, can I can I actually get that microphone? Can I get that microphone? Can I, I would say that we're going to get it authenticated? It's going to go into my man cave. All right, let's just hop right into the Verlander news. Everybody on the internet is reporting. I don't, just to say, I don't care who was first. Mm -hmm. I really don't. Mm. I'm, I'm mostly with you that I don't care who was first. The, what is most important is that it is a thing that has happened and that multiple people have confirmed it, and thus we know it is happening. In five years, we won't remember who was first on the news that Justin Verlander is going to the New York Mets two years, $86 million, mm -hmm. with a vesting option for the third year last night on the podcast Jordan we said that we were not worried about Jacob deGrom leaving the New York Mets because mm -hmm. Steve Cohen and the boys mm -hmm. and most of them are boys although not all of them <laughs> but would pivot Oh, and yeah. they pivoted right away, and Justin Verlander is headed to Queens. Yeah, and, and that was our, our first question, you know, previewing uh, when we were, how, how would they? And they, they didn't wait around. They were like, yeah, we can, we can get this done. We could basically give him a very similar deal, um, albeit a little bit shorter, that we just gave Max Scherzer. And we're totally cool with that. Now, this is, let, let's talk about this for, first of all, Justin Verlander, because a year ago, it was like, wow, he is going to attempt to be the first you know, 39-year-old to come back and pitch significant innings after Tommy John. Oh, is he going to be able... Yeah, no, he's, he's fine. He's actually just going to win another Cy Young. <laughs> so, like, I think this season, if anything, has made us appreciate him as a, as a baseball entity. You know, we just talked about DeGrom in the best of generation. Justin Verlander is someone we truly have seen his, basically his whole career, the ups, the very brief downs 
in Detroit in 2014 when it was like, oh, is he kind of cooked? It was like, oh, actually, that was the only time he was remotely hurt until right. his Tommy John surgery. Other than that, he has just been, you know, a top five pitcher in baseball for about 12 years running. He, he had just enough down to develop a chip on his shoulder. <laughs> to be like, I'm going to come back from this. But really, he was never down for that long. And yeah, he's, I mean, he's one of the best pitchers of all time. <laughs> like, that's what he is still. And he's going to go into next season at age 40. But when you're that good and uh, you're the Mets and you have that much money, then yeah, you absolutely should make that happen. And it makes the Mets better in 2023 without completely sacrificing the future, right? And if you look at this versus the DeGrom deal, it's only two years, right? The DeGrom deal was five years. And if we're talking about 2023 and 2024, who you'd rather have, mm -hmm. DeGrom or Verlander, I think I'd rather have Verlander. Mm. I think he's going he's gonna to throw more innings. I think he's more reliable to pitch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he could fall off a cliff because he's closer to death. <laughs> but, like, aren't we all? No. Uh, so I think this makes a lot of sense for the Mets. And more than anything else, it is the reminder that times have changed mm. in Queens, right? This is not the Will Pun era. There was, you know, some sadness that DeGrom left. But like we talked about last night, if this had been Will Pun land, there would be no faith that this team would fill that hole, mm -hmm. and they filled it within a week. Mm -hmm. Verlander headed to New York. Now, they still have a lot of work to do, mm -hmm. particularly in the back of the rotation, mm -hmm. and to replace Brandon Nimmo in center field, but this is a very, very good first step. Yeah, and, and also, I think, ceiling-wise, too, um, you know, I think Rodon is... is Sign quality too, but you might. It, it, that, this is the closest that you're going to get to sign to just bring back a, a guy of, of Degrom's quality, like you said. Um, and it's it's a fascinating fit. And, and now, I mean, let's see. Do, you know, we go back to the 2014 Tigers when when Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander were, were teammates. I mean, are they gonna they gonna? I, I just saw that Rick Porcello actually retired, which is a little disappointing because I feel like he could have been. In, I know he had a great time with the Mets the first time around. Um, Three Cy Young winners. How many how many uh, 2014 uh, Tigers can we can we rally around? Can we get can we get Phil? Coke uh, in there in the, in the wow. bullpen. <laughs> Where's Al possible? Albuquerque Where's when Al you need Albuquerque? him? That was the next guy I was going to mention. So, uh, but yeah, but Scherzer and Verlander. Do is, they like each other? Is a, is a different. Well, we're going to find out soon enough, right? Because I think Scherzer and and Degrom. We, we, we kind of talked about this. When we saw them, it was like, oh, my gosh, they have Scherzer and DeGrom. They have Scherzer and DeGrom. Now, first of all, of course, DeGrom wasn't – both of them had a lot of injuries this year. So it's not like we had that many times where it was like Scherzer and then DeGrom. That did not happen that many times this season. But when they would cut to them in the dugout, it was always like Max, you know, talking and looking animated. And DeGrom just kind of like sitting there and just be like, yeah. Now, Verlander and Scherzer are much more, you know, uh, kind of uh, – I, I, don't, I don't like this term, but I will just use it. Alpha personalities, whereas Degrom is is more of just like he's doing his thing. Are you he calling Degrom a beta? It's pretty 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 good beta. Wow, <laughs> uh, I just mean okay. It, it's is a more it is a more uh, uh, like I am the dude in the room talking, right? I yeah, guess yeah, maybe yeah. that that that'd be the way that, that I would say it. So I have no idea. I don't I don't remember. I I certainly wasn't covering the the Tigers from two thousand whatever <laughs> two thousand fourteen. Um, but yeah, I'm sure we'll we'll find out about that at the same time. What do both of those guys care about? On top of also you know being the two highest paid uh, players in the sport, which they are now, uh, is winning more World Series. Uh, Justin Verlander, of course just did and uh, Scherzer I'm sure is, is still looking for another one and, and what is Mac, Max Scherzer wants to still be trying to win a World Series again and Justin Verlander is probably going to help him do that yeah it's it's it is really interesting isn't it I think for me it solidifies Verlander's career into the, these three eras I was going to say have, yep. I have talked I about, talk this about this a couple Astros times mm -hmm. we had the Tigers era mm -hmm. which was obviously very long 
the Astros era, and now we will have the third act, yeah. as it were. Verlander has said that he wants to pitch until he is 45 years old, right. which, me too, <laughs> I would like to pitch until I'm 45 years old. But I'm curious if he pitches for the Mets until the end, if he sure. keeps re-signing there, if he falls off a cliff, whatever. Mm. We are now entering Act 3 of one of the most incredible pitching careers of recent times. So we have two-year deal, so that'll be age 40, age 41. I believe there's a vesting option for age 42 season, and then if he wants to you know, keep going, um, then maybe that's with the Mets. Maybe it's with the next team that's looking for a World Series that he's you know, a free agent again and wants to, wants to sign for a ton of money again. Um, but yeah, I, I agree, and, and I, I, I do like that in terms of, of these chapters, and in some ways it, it mirrors Scherzer, right? I mean, Scherzer also you know, went to the Nats for a ton of money after being with the Tigers and, of course, the D-backs earlier in his career and got that ring and did it. And then he moved on and signed the giant deal with the Mets. And now, now they're kind of on this side-by-side path. Of course, Verlander is coming off a, a more recent World Series, but, but they both have already won. And now they're kind of the ones tasked with, with guiding them into this, into this next era where, as we said, you know, it's not like Justin Verlander looks like he's, he's declining anytime soon. But like we said, kind of with the Rangers in a different way, the Mets are, are trying to win every year. There's, there's, no, there's no waiting around for anything. And they are clearly uh, just trying to get back to being clearly better than the team that they just had in 2022, which was a pretty damn good team. Jordan, let's take a quick break here on Baseball Barbercast, and we will be back in a a quick sec Mm -hmm. to talk about what the Verlander news means for the Houston Astros Mm -hmm. and gawk at the random people walking across the lobby here in San Diego. Negro Leagues Baseball Museum President Bob Kendrick hosts the SiriusXM original podcast, Black Diamonds. The Negro Leagues didn't care what color you were, and they didn't care what gender you were. Can you play? Hear stories of the leagues and legends that shape sport, culture, and society. That's why the museum is so important. It's like, we are never going to forget you. Episodes of the award-winning Black Diamonds are now available wherever you get your podcasts. We're not talking about balls and strikes. We're talking about your life. And we're back here on Baseball Barbacast. I'm Jake Mintz. That's Jordan Ow. Schusterman. You heard me physically slap him mm-hmm. moments ago. Justin Verlander, it was reported, he agreed to a contract two years, $86 million with the New York Mets, reported by everyone yesterday. Including Carlos Baerga for some reason. Sure. All right. Uh, I only believe it when someone I trust tweets it. And I might start to trust <laughs> Carlos Baerga. <laughs> Let's talk about what this means for the Houston Astros. They just won the World Series. They are the best team in baseball. Mm -hmm. Are they still the best team in baseball, Jordan, now that Justin Verlander will be wearing a different shade of blue and orange? Uh, Less convincingly so, but I think possibly still yes. (laughs) Um, Now, I mean, this is a big day for me as number one Framber Valdez fan. uh, Just take me you know this is this is it's time for opening day starter from Rivaldez, um assuming they don't sign Carlos Rodon or something like that uh but yeah I mean listen this is still a great rotation uh, I don't know if you saw what Christian Javier did in the World Series but I think he will still be a big part of their rotation uh next year along with of course Lance McCullers uh Luis Garcia and Jose Arquiti that said I wouldn't be surprised if they still maybe play in more of the the middle of the the, the pitching market maybe not for Rodon but I could totally see them going after maybe that next year at the same time Hunter Brown right I mean Hunter Brown I think is is the one upside wise is is probably certainly greater than Urquidy, if not also Garcia. So 
they're going to be fine. They're going to be fine. At the very least, I don't think it's the same kind of deal as with the Mets where it was like, oh, we had X earmarked whatever for DeGrom. Now we can pivot all that money to something else. I do think, though, without bringing back Verlander, there's probably still more room for them to make another move or two in free agency. Not necessarily on the pitching side. Sure. Right. I think Wilson Contreras makes a lot of sense there. Mm -hmm. But I still think even without Verlander, this might be the best group of pitchers in the American League. Yeah, in the American League. Yeah, yeah, I think. I mean, it's a pretty, Framber, yeah. Javier, mm-hmm. McCullers, Luis Garcia, mm-hmm. Jose Urquidy, Hunter Brown. Yeah. Like, and, and Hunter Brown, again, just like dominated AAA. I know they barely used him by the end of the postseason, but I, that guy is, is re, like, it will not take long next year. It's very possible he just wins a rotation spot in spring. And yeah, no, I, I think, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. Not to mention the offense, which they've, they've already uh, obviously added to. So, so yeah, I'm with you. They're, they're certainly not panicking about this. Um, but I, I'm, I, I do think that it makes it much more likely that they do something else in free agency. I Contreras, apparently they're meeting with him here. So, And it is important, you talked about this yesterday, the sequence of events. Mm-hmm. If we had Verlander to the Mets today, mm-hmm. and then we get... Abreu to the Astros tomorrow, mm. it reads very differently. Whereas right now, it's kind of like, oh no, the Astros have to respond. Mm-hmm. Well, they kind of already did mm-hmm. with right. Abreu, mm-hmm. and they might continue to respond. I am curious to see what happens now, especially considering that their general manager is their owner, <laughs> Jim Crane. They still do not yeah. have a GM. And so he clearly had a uh, a deep love for Justin Verlander, and I'm sure still does. And so it'll be interesting to see how he switches things up. Yeah, and I think maybe in the same way that Verlander kind of viewed, like, all right, I did the Houston chapter. I think Crane was probably also relatively okay with saying, we did it. We got him. He was awesome here. He won multiple World Series, and now we can move on, and I can continue on with this next era of me making all the decisions. And the Astros are still going to be awesome. It's not like they have to panic in that way. But uh, still, I do think that there is, is, is a much now higher likelihood that they will pivot because there was another version of this offseason where the Astros just do bring back Verlander, and then they probably are just chilling at that point. And then that's kind of their offseason. But now there's a lot more wiggle room for a lot of other options there. Most decks of cards... Mm-hmm have four aces mm. this offseason just three <laughs> unless you really like kodai senga uh and that's that's a good transition good unless transition. you really like kyle gibson no <laughs> you do now <laughs> i do now justin verlander off the board jacob de off the board and that leaves the one and only mm. carlos rodon mm-hmm. friend of the show longtime friend of the show yes. we have been buddies with mr rodon since his both of our college days yes and he is about to be a lot richer. He can buy a lot more tractors on his farm in Indiana because the market looks very good for him. Now, what is most interesting is the two teams, DeGrom, or not DeGrom, the two teams that Rodon was most attached to, the Rangers and the Mets, are the two teams that have already made moves. So, Jordan, let me ask you this about Carlos. The Mets, the Rangers, or the field? What would you take right now? Where does he end up? Uh, with Verlander uh, out, I think I would now rank those the field Rangers Mets. What about the field Rangers plus Mets? Still after Verlander, uh, I think I go the field. Um, I think this is really where we have to start thinking about the Yankees. Uh, Andy Martino, who clearly is very plugged in to the to the both New York teams at this point. 
uh, just put out a you know tweet saying that you know the Yankees were out of out on Verlander at that price. I mean, AAV wise, that is certainly a little bit higher uh, versus uh, versus Rodon. But I so that's why I think the Yankees. But there's got to be other teams. We know that there's way more in the mix for Rodon compared to Degrom and Verlander because it's expected to be more of a long deal, maybe closer to 25 million instead of 45 million. Well, what it also the, the other reason is that if you're signing Degrom or Verlander. Mm-hmm. For bigger AAV and fewer years, mm-hmm. you're going to be good this year and next year and maybe the year after. Mm-hmm. For Rodon, there are more teams in that mix because you don't need to be good in 2023 to justify signing him. Right. The Cubs could sign him, right? Yes. The Orioles, who are maybe not going to be sure. good right away, could sign him. There are other teams Texas, that could be as in we the we already mix. mentioned, right? Texas, Texas right? And so I, it, it will be interesting to see where Rodon goes. But one thing is for sure is that it's all about him now. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm curious if, uh, since we, we got DeGrom, we got Verlander, do we just get the Rodon third obvious ace out of the way and then we move to the next tier of the starters, mm. of which there are a ton? There was reports about Jameson Tyon maybe being close to uh, a deal at some point soon. So someone like him, let alone Kodai Senga, who's already met with a bunch of teams, guys like Chris Bassett. Like, are, is that middle tier waiting for Rodon, or can they just start kind of signing too? And then there's the other side of it, which is the Yankees. Mm. I would imagine that the Yankees don't want to do anything until they sign Judge, right? Yes. It feels like yes. they take care of Judge, and then they move on to the rest of the business. Yep. Do you, there's a chance that could paralyze them into not jumping in on Rodon. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's the thing. As we mentioned sequencing, the Yankees, you know, I don't think, you know, any speculation that the Yankees are going to be like, come on, Aaron Judge, hurry it up. Like, no. Aaron Judge is going to get to decide how long this takes. If he wants to wait till February, he's going to do that. I don't think he will, but he could because he is in charge here, uh, generally. At the same time, I, I totally agree because they, as we've mentioned many times, they have other things they need to do to get better. And signing a pitcher would be one of them, but can they do anything before Judge signs? I don't know. The funniest scenario is they are passive on Rodon, and then Judge signs with the Giants, <laughs> and then the Yankees are just kind of caught with their pants down. Yeah. I, so this was the other, the other thing I wanted to bring up about just about Carlos is, well, I want to talk about Carlos a little bit as a pitcher, because DeGrom and, and Verlander, right, you have you know, arguably the best pitcher in the world when he's healthy, and the guy coming off a of Cy Young, future Hall of Famer, Carlos is viewed in that top tier, too. Now, he doesn't have necessarily the, the hardware to the same degree. But the thing I just keep coming back to is, like, he has a case for being the best left-handed pitcher in the league, right? He, he does. There's other ones. We just mentioned one, from Valdez, you know, Max Fried, Julio Urias. There are other ones there. But, like, that is a great place to start. If you're Scott Boris, you know, if you're, if you're starting your, your PowerPoint or whatever binder you're handing out to the, all these teams, like, that is a pretty good place to start if you're going to some owner and saying, hey, it's the best left-handed pitcher on earth right now, right? Clayton Kershaw, respect. But it's a good is, headline. That is, it's a good headline. Exactly. It's a, it's a good place to start, a good selling point. And, man, he's, he's proven it. He's been so, so good these last two years. He's also younger than a lot of these other starters available, certainly compared to DeGrom and, and, and Verlander, but also compared to a guy like Bassett, you know, who's 34. And so I think that will help him as well. I'm, I'm really interested to see how, what this deal ends up being because we saw last year with Gosman and Robbie Ray ended up getting very, very similar deals. I think he's going to blow past those, those numbers, but how high does that get? And, and what does that AV look like? Because I actually think it, with Boris especially, it could end up being even higher than people think. I mean, I think it, the floor is 
Patrick Corbin's deal. Yeah. I know that didn't turn out very yeah, well. Yeah, that after was a longer one. deal, and it was you know had to have the super backloaded, which was a little interesting. And the Nats may do weird contracts, but mm-hmm. Corbin got six one forty. I think that's, that's the floor. Yeah, I th- I think so too. Especially when you see what what starting pitching starts uh, has been costing. So I totally agree. But but yeah, I, I, at this point, I it does kind of feel like it'll be Rodon and then and then the next the next tier, but. We'll find out. We're looking at Mike Farron now. This is a good transition into into the, the the next part of this podcast, which is what have we seen? Who have we seen? I want to take a step back. Here? Yeah. I got a call this morning from my mom. Shouts out, mom! <laughs> and she goes, "What do you guys actually do there at the winter meetings? What are you doing at the winter meetings?" And I said, "We schmooze and we talk to people, and then maybe like once a day something happens." And Harold Reynolds announces an award I've never heard of, and that's the winter meetings. Okay, and so just to build the picture for those of you who maybe don't know a lot about it, it's a big hotel lobby mm-hmm. with a lot of white guys mm-hmm. wearing backpacks mm-hmm. and quarter zips, mm-hmm. uh, and that's it. Yep. That's really it. But then every once in a while, you see a person you recognize, whether it's in the media, a manager, mm-hmm. a general manager, mm-hmm. a famous person. Former baseball player Mike walked Farron. by Mike Farron, yeah. even if we're lucky. If we're lucky, once uh, a session, you get Scott Boris mumbling uh-huh. uh, puns to people. That's it. That's really what the winter meetings is. Mm-hmm. Any other thoughts? No, I mean, it, you know, we got here uh, last night and we recorded our pod in our hotel room, but then we went to the to the hotel bar and you just see it's just it's overwhelming the the number of people you see intermingling in just a very normal social space because mm. a lot of these people whether it's the managers the gyms you only are used to seeing them maybe at a podium or in a scrum outside of a dugout yeah. and so to see just kind of everyone just milling about and there's no it's no no official things like is very strange and fun of course it's weird too it's like oh there's uh there's Theo Epstein just <laughs> Having a drink. Yeah, there he is. And, and it, but that's the, the unpredictability of it is what is so fun. And hopefully that will also lead to some wonderful guests. But the other important thing is that our wonderful producer, Chris, who we're used to just seeing on the Zoom, is standing right in front of us. He has a headset on, too. Chris, hello. What's up, fellas? But most importantly, he has a quarter zip on, which means you know <laughs> well, he's ready to go. I personally attacked when you said that before. Well, <laughs> dude, no, but that's, I'll, I'll be rocking the quarter zip at some point this week. Like, that is, that's how they let you in before you show your credentials. It's like you're the bingo cards. Yeah, you, you, you actually show your things that you had, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but no, Chris is here, too, which is great. And it's, it's, it's also wild. I mentioned, like, we are now, from, from the podcast we used to be recording, to sitting technically next to the same banner where legend of radio, uh, Christopher Mantog Russo, will in a few hours be uh, yelling probably way hotter takes about Justin Verlander than we could ever manage. I don't understand it. <laughs> what are they doing? I, 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 I would imagine uh, Mad Dog will, will support the signing, but I, who knows? We'll find out. But it's uh, Everyone yeah. will be able to find out. <laughs> we, yeah. we, will, we will all hear as people can no also. prime real estate here. We're really lucky. No, it is it is. Wild, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, if you're if you're listening to this and you're you're in, you'll see us. You walk in the hotel, we're like right there. <laughs> so so you'll you know where to find us. Uh, we will be going again tonight, Later podcasting tonight. again, hopefully with a special guest. Yes, hopefully with a guest. And Jake, will we have another major transaction we record later tonight? I think yes. I think yes as well. Thank you all for listening. Reminder: you can email us at baseballbarbacast at gmail.com. I'm Jake Mintz. That's Jordan Schusterman. Hey, Thank you to Chris Tyler. By, by the way, can, can I say real quick? It's been so funny watching you guys 
do the schmoozing, right? You said before <laughs> that, that, that half of this, even more than half of this, three quarters of this job is schmoozing. Yeah, oh yeah. I feel like the younger brother of two of the best looking girls at the dance because I'm just walking around on your oh. hips pretty much and then you're just, we're trying to make our way through the lobby and you seriously get stopped by every single person Chris, along the way. It is insane. Chris, let me, let me flip this back to you. I love that you are going to be with us for this whole week because the just the moment when it's like, hey, I'm Chris, and they're like, Say that again. <laughs> what is he, where is this guy from? Hi, I am Grace. <laughs> because we need, like, we need. Also, it's it's because let me tell you, there are a lot of guys named Chris and Quarter Zips here. Yeah, but not all of them are from Melbourne. Your branding exactly. different. Your branding <laughs> exactly. is definitely that, different. That's that's the best way for me to sort of stand out because no one knows me. I, I don't know anyone here except for you two, pretty much, and a couple of the Sirius XM people. But people so if I could be known by the end of the week as the Australian, I'll be pretty happy. You are in great shape to achieve exactly that. And thank you to Chris. Thank you to Chris, and it is a reminder. You say this, Chris. We will talk to anybody or anything, oh, yes. which is a problem. You really, do. seriously. Yesterday, when I, I uh, met up with Jordan in, in the lobby, he was like, "Oh, let me take you to Jake, who was on the other side of the bar." <laughs> and it took maybe twenty-five <laughs> minutes to get from one end of the bar to the other, pretty much. Uh, in the end, I just had to go on my own because I'm like, no. "No one's gonna let Jordan come through here." It no. is. It is insane how popular you boys that's, are. That's. Please don't don't put it that way. But I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And the point is is we are friendly faces. If you see us here in San Diego, please say hello. If you see us here recording this podcast, you can come say hello and try to distract us. Uh, we are going to do our best to focus. But until the next pod, which we will record later today, thank you all for listening. And uh, thank you to, to uh, uh, Chris and everyone we have here <laughs> producing this. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you again later today at the Winter Meetings. Sirius XM Podcasts.